0: Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates, and welcome to the show. We're here to share thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports, with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We, are, we run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above, as we give it a quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskauspo. Uh, well guys, it is time for us to take a look at Ohio State.
1: Can, 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 I, can I tell you something? Can I, can I admit to something? Sure.
0: I was really tempted to say the Eric Scuzzo, but I, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it, guys. You, you can't, so. man. They've trademarked it. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't want right. to. I wouldn't want to get
1: sued. Don't get sued.
0: Don't get sued. Um, yeah. So Ohio State uh, coming into Evanston for the first time since I. I mean, there may have been a game a few years back. I, I. Who can say? Who can remember? I know. I know that guys, yeah, you came up. Noah Heron. There was a delightful. Uh, Brisket that was in our tailgate that two day. Briskets. Two briskets. That's right, two briskets. Um, yeah, you know, the winning cures everything. Boys were up in town. That was that was a good time. Um, I what else happened? Who can say? Um, we did play with them a couple times in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, played with them both games. Uh, but we have them this year at Ryan Field, and uh, yeah, it's Ohio State. So John. Um, defense Ohio State what do we think
2: okay so it's weird to have to go back and apologize for something that I said two years ago but I'm gonna do that right now when Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer Ohio State's defense was awesome the following year after sucking in the run-up to Urban leaving and at the time We talked about how this was clear evidence of Urban submarining this team down the stretch because of how apparent the culture shift was when Ryan Day came in on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I'm just going to apologize because apparently that was BS because in the two years since then, Ohio State has gone right back to being lousy on defense again. In the last couple of previews, the loose that we've done this year, the loose theme Has been that having an awesome defense and a crap, uh, an awesome offense and a crap defense is better than having an awesome defense and a crap offense. Ohio State is the apex example of this principle at work. Um, Outside of recruiting, defense just doesn't appear to be a priority overall in Columbus right now. It's hilarious too how for every year in recent history, other than 2019, Ohio State is always lousy on defense in the exact same way. Horrible coverage in the secondary. And a cursory glance at the stats from last year would tell you that the exact same thing is true. D- but I'm Despite here- uh, what, like, draft pick
1: after draft pick after I, draft pick at the cornerback position? Always,
2: always. It's always big names, and they were always all big recruits. But... I'm here to tell you that this year it's actually worse than that for Ohio State and to see why all you have to do is compare Ohio State's bad pass defense in the Big Ten last year to to the other two teams who were also in the bottom three in pass defense in the Big Ten last year. Michigan State, first in sacks, last in pass yards. Maryland, fifth in sacks, second to last in pass yards. Ohio State, third in sacks third to last in pass yards now this in and of itself isn't particularly strange but here's the thing ohio state's problems in the secondary historically have always been particularly maddening because osu almost always gets an awesome pass rush from their front four but in 2020 two years ago this suddenly became a low-key problem area And then last year, the bottom kind of fell out. The profile of the Ohio State defense last year looks exactly like the profile of the Michigan State and Maryland defenses, a team that can't generate pressure from the front four, taking risks to bring pressure from the linebacker core, and getting torched over the top on the back end. Here is where I'm contractually obligated to remind you. That the Ohio State defense has roughly 5,000 more rival stars on its roster than the Michigan State off defense and the Terrapins defense do. Um, I should stop at this point and say that I've already probably thrown a little bit too much shade at the Ohio State defensive line, which is always, always, always the best part of this defense. And last year was no exception. Zach Harrison and Haskell Garrett are a massive end and a massive tackle who anchored a very, very physically strong line. Ohio State had the number six run defense in the Big Ten, which doesn't seem particularly incredible. But I'm here to tell you, the front four dragged the bloated corpse that was the rest of this D to that number six ranking. Now Garrett is in the NFL, but Harrison is back, and so is young stud defensive tackle Tyleek Williams, who may actually be the best pass rusher on this line from the defensive tackle position. JT Tuomolo, uh Tuimololo, probably butchering that, could develop into a reliable pass rush threat at the other end spot. But honestly, if Ohio State finds a stellar pass rush up front, it may very well be from someone we haven't heard much from yet, like Jack Sawyer. And this is absolutely possible because Larry Johnson Sr. regularly mints excellence in this unit. Um, So either they'll find an awesome pass rusher or they won't, but this will still be an exceptionally good run first defensive line. But let's just say that Ohio State has bigger problems than finding a new pass rusher up front. Like, you know, finding linebackers and defensive backs who can play in the Big Ten. So, last year, Ronnie Hickman led Ohio State in tackles, and Bryson Shaw was third. Those are safeties, folks, and we all know what that means. Ohio State's top two linebackers last year, Tommy Eichenberg and Cody Simon, combined for 54 solo tackles. Leo Chenault at Wisconsin and Jack Campbell at Iowa each had more solo tackles than that by themselves. Taraja Mitchell was a monster recruit who was supposed to do a lot more than he did last year, and he's going to need to step up a lot this year, but the guys I mentioned are the guys it's probably going to be. This sounds kind of ridiculous to say, given the level that Ohio State recruits at, but just know that there are currently multiple converted running backs in this linebacker depth chart, so yikes. Um The secondary is home to, by far, Ohio State's best back seven player, Ronnie Hickman, who, again, was the Buckeyes' leading tackler, but who also led Ohio State in interceptions with two. Bryson Shaw, that other safety, transferred to USC in the offseason. How Ronnie Hickman didn't transfer to, to like, Georgia or Iowa is beyond me, but thank God for Ohio State that he didn't. Uh, The easiest way to explain Ohio State's corners is that A.J. Hampton and Cam Mitchell would both start for Ohio State. Combined, Hampton and Mitchell broke up the same amount of passes as Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown did, while combining for 50% more tackles, forcing two fumbles, and recovering another three fumbles. And if your reaction to what I just said is to say, yeah, but A.J. Hampton and Cam Mitchell let a bunch of guys get over the top on deep balls... I say, have you been following the Ohio State secondary for the past decade? And then I say again, emphatically, A.J. Hampton and Cam Mitchell would start for Ohio State at cornerback. I can't stress enough how stark of a change Ohio State is going to be on defense from Wisconsin and Iowa for Northwestern. After those two games where there just isn't much of any kind of good news for our offense— Northwestern can definitely form a plan of attack here. The simple fact is Northwestern's running back core is just significantly better than Ohio State's linebacker core. The question is getting to that core. So honestly, above all other games, this is the one that the Trench Cats should be circling. You have guys like Josh Pree, who chose Northwestern over Ohio State, lining up across from guys like Zach Harrison, who chose Ohio State over Northwestern. You have the line knowing that every hole they can open against that line for Evan Hall or Cam Porter has the chance to break a big run. You have the offense knowing that if they can just establish any ground game, the deep ball over the top will be there big time for Malik and Bryce. I'm not a fool. I know it's probably an absolute nightmare scenario on the other side of the ball. All I'm saying is we can score on this defense.
0: Oh, well, Scuzz, um we're going to need to score on their defense if we want any chance to win, right? There, uh, that offense is uh, something else. I, I I love the optimism.
1: I am not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I all
2: I said was I think we can score points against this defense. That's all I said.
1: <laughs> particularly, I mean, you you. Um talked about how great their some of their defensive line players are and it just makes me think about chase young but anyways um getting pancaked uh, that,
0: by uh Rashad slater over and uh, over. that
1: being said like slater did neutralize him and then everybody else uh tor- torments us. but regardless um look i i'm i'm not gonna lie like this offense is really good um, last year with the quarterback transition uh, from Fields to Stroud uh, was probably the year for teams of the Big Ten to hope that the Buckeyes would falter on offense. They did lose to Michigan um, in, uh, in that game to end the regular season last year. But it is, um, it is hard to argue against uh, Ohio State as having the number one offense in all of college football last year. Yes, Alabama was right there as well, but um, I like the running game and um, some of the consistency of Ohio State was just like put some over the top for me. This year in 2022, just forget about it. This offense is a howitzer. Let's talk depth chart. The Buckeyes lose five legitimate NFL starters from their offense last year. Wide receivers Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson tight end jeremy ruckert and offensive lineman nick Petit ferrer and thayer munford these five guys were all really good here are their likely replacements five-star receiver julian fleming four-star receiver marvin harrison jr yes that marvin harrison four-star tight end cade stover five-star left guard donovan jackson and four-star right guard matthew jones jr now, there are three four stars on that list. And it might surprise you. However, those guys were all rated f- 5.9 in rivals uh, scale, which mean they were, means they were borderline five star guys. This is ludicrous. Uh, note also that the offensive lineman and the tight end Stover appeared in all 13 games last year. Fleming, I mean, Fleming's been a guy we've talked about for a couple of years running with a ton of potential and has been part of this offense uh, the last couple of years, hasn't played a ton. Um, Harrison got some run last year. Note that if one of these wide receivers gets dinged up or struggles, they also have five star Emeka Egbuka right there to step in and three to four other insanely talented freshmen. Unlike on the defensive side, Ohio State's offense has been incandescent for as many years as Ryan Day has been around. So, like, the idea that that this talent might not produce or live up to its potential is, that's just wishful thinking. Um, Want to know something else crazy? Neither Olave nor Wilson were the leading receiver for Ohio State last year. Jackson Smith and Jigba was. 1,600 yards on 95 catches with nine touchdowns. He led the team in yards per catch. He's back, by the way. So Fleming, Harrison Jr., and Ibuka, they won't even see the top defender from other teams. The running backs are also bonkers. I called out Travion Henderson last year as a day one phenom for Ohio State. I think his recruiting pedigree was was insane, impeccable. Uh, He averaged 6.8 yards per carry as a freshman, 15 rushing TDs and four receiving. For a team that for the first time since 2018 didn't didn't have a running quarterback, Uh, his backup was Mayan Williams, who averaged 7.2 yards per carry. These guys struggled twice on the calendar, once very oddly against Nebraska and then against Michigan. I can't explain uh the Nebraska situation. That's that's just maybe a mental a mental block or whatnot, but like Henderson's like a legit Heisman hopeful this year. I mean, we know now, like quarterbacks are are, are the guys that win Heisman's now, like like generally. Um, Devonta Smith being the one, you know, exception in the last few years. And I mean and and and
2: that's before you get reminded two
1: million times about CJ Stroud. Yeah. Ugh, in the run up to this. But, like, I mean, Henderson's that good. Um, The offensive line last year was the best in college football. There's no argument. And they lose two incredible talents. Um, But they just, they have so much strength and pedigree here. I'd, like, over and over and over again, they they just reload. The coaching is great. The scheme is great. Quarterback is the only thing that I think you can even poke at a little bit with this team. And that's just to say that I think C.J. Stroud, who is very good, he just gets overrated. Um, Last year, he completed 71% of his passes. He has an insanely good deep ball. uh, But when he faces pressure, he really struggled. The team around him is so good that it really happens. This is, by the way, if you've listened to our Maryland pod, this is why I have Talia Tungo-Vailoa rated higher as the best QB in the Big Ten. Because he is excellent against pressure as well and has had to fight for everything that that he's done. And so if you, if you can pressure Stroud or even better sack him, Michigan did that four times. He is not good throwing the ball in those situations. Now that's it. He was a true freshman last year. So he will almost certainly be better making decisions, reading coverages and blitzes and should, should play somewhat better against pressure this year. But, um, like still good luck good luck getting to him so you know in general godspeed to any defenses unlucky enough to play ohio state this year they are the creme de la creme of of college football offenses and if and if ryan day has proven anything these last four years since succeeding meyer it's that he is running a more consistent dynamic and smarter offense than meyer ever did and uh he might be he, I, I, you have to consider him one of the best offensive coaches uh, in the college game at this standpoint. And, and this offense is going to live up to that in 2022.
0: It's hard to argue with that. You know, he's, he's phenomenal. And this team has been just a juggernaut for a long time. And yeah. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Simpson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Simson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group, compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation. And go cats. Let's talk about their schedule. Um, fascinating opener at home against Notre Dame. Uh, then they get um, some creamy frosting of cupcakes with Arkansas state and Toledo. And then Wisconsin and Rutgers uh, finish off a five game homestand uh, to start off the season. They travel to Michigan state before coming home to play Iowa. They're at Penn state at Northwestern home for Indiana at Maryland, and then home for Michigan. They have one game out of their time zone. And that's the Northwestern game on November 5th.
2: Wow, that's wild.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, so
2: the, the thing I'll be interested to see if SCUZ has any kind of intel in is is what kind of team that Notre Dame team is. I'll say this. So the team that we previewed right before this was Iowa. And I mapped out what I am very confident in, in Iowa is a phenomenal defense that I think will be the Big Ten's best defense. I think it's an awesome defense. I don't think it's even close what the best unit is on either side of the ball in this conference. Ohio State's offense is exists on another plane. Uh, it exists in this other world. It is so flipping stacked. Um, and, I mean, Scuzz mapped it out. And it's like, again... I don't think any of us are really big CJ Stroud fans, but when you're trying to poke hole, like when the only hole you can find to poke is a guy who completed seventy one percent of his passes last season, I'm just like, oh my god. Um, and on the, and on the flip side, like I guess the, the best analogum is Scuzz mapped out just how big Iowa's offensive line problems are. Well, imagine if Iowa had the exact same team they had. But they had an unbelievably good offensive line. And what that might mean, well, that's Ohio State on defense. They've got a great defensive line. It's just the rest of it is a mess. But they've got a great defensive line and one safety who flies around and makes plays for them. Uh, And yeah, the other six guys are a mess. But, I mean, look at what they have on the offensive side of the ball. And look at what everyone else in the conference is dealing with. And I'm just like, I, you know, I just can't, I just can't see much of, them, much of a problem for them here. I, I, I agree. I like,
1: there's, are so, I mean, the, the Michigan State and Penn State games are the ones that you circle just because they've lost to those teams in the past. Um, and Maryland should, at the very least, be fun with a lot of points scored. But um, I'll tell you right now, like, Notre Dame has, they turn over the quarterback, the running back, the head coach. Um, I like I can't remember if Al Golden has been there more than one year. If this is, No, this is Al Golden's first year as the D.C. because, of course, Marcus Freeman was the D.C. before um, it's in Columbus. Tommy Reese is back. It's in Columbus. It's the first game of the year. Notre Dame generally does not play well against Ohio State. Um, I like it's just it's a recipe for for uh, for bad news. That being said, I mean, who knows? Like listed fourth on the depth chart at quarterback is one Ron Paulus. So, um you as never it, know. As in
0: <laughs> as in junior? As in junior. Oh my god. Uh, I am so I mean, old. Yeah. We, yep. also, we are so old. Don't you don't you remember Jay
1: uh, Jay Sharman telling us last year about how um uh Paulus's kid and um schner's kid we're like playing each other yeah. in high school.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: the uh wow so i'll say this like i obviously if you listen to the defensive preview aside from the defensive line i'm so glass half empty on this defense but like literally let's just let's say that i'll just pick a random name taraja mitchell let's just say taraja mitchell out of the blue is like i'm gonna live up to my recruiting stars 100 tackles from me this year i'm gonna be awesome Literally, that's all that would have to happen for me to be like, looks like a national championship team to me. Like, that's that's it. That's what the margins are. It's like, their offense is so good that if they got anything out of this defense over a level of expectation, this suddenly, you know, quickly they vault right to the top of the national championship list. I'm just like, they're... they're uh it's just that good of an offense. And again, it's, like, I mean, you've all been listening to these previews. plenty of teams
1: got problems. So I like, as far as the big 10 goes, I think you're spot on John. Like, I don't think, I don't think anybody can hold a candle to this team in the big 10, frankly. Um, but I mean, Alabama didn't look so hot on offense when they got to the national championship game last year against an elite defense. And, um, I'm not. I'm not sure that Ohio State tops my my national championship contender list until, until, like a little bit further afield and just see what's out there because that defensive side, like, but but are they on that list? I mean, they're they're going to be in the college football playoff most yeah, likely good, undefeated. Um, whether they can win it is just a it's just another sure, conversation. Sure, 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 sure.
2: But yeah, I like I keep coming back to uh, you know, and I think we've talked about it before. I think Scuzz. I think you're on the same page. That trip to East Lansing is a big trip, and Michigan State. I think we mapped out if the stars align for them, in a couple of different ways. They're a team that could that could be in that game, but we also mapped out the fact that Ohio State could lose that game and still easily win the East because,
1: yeah, especially because Penn State is not a threat. In my like, in my, I mean, their defense is really good, as you've outlined, John. But but their O has has big problems um you know the michigan game is always is always goofy but um but yeah you're right they could totally lose to michigan state and And michigan state can find two losses yeah somewhere else right so
2: so yeah i mean again i'm like this is
1: unless talia tonga goes on like one of the most epic i mean unless he has a uh a um a a purdue a purdue-esque you know stunner on november 19th the the other thing too is
2: i want to rewind all the way back where i was talking about like can we absolutely score points in this game sure we can like 65 to 30 is absolutely on the table (laughs) when we play
1: Ohio State. that is the problem is 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 we're not going to score 30 points with our running game and i don't think we're going to score 30 points with our passing game so we might score points but we're going to like Yeah, There's going to be a moment where where the decision is, okay. do we keep running our offense as it stands and like maybe lose 60 to 21 or do we try to throw the ball and, you know, maybe we can we can make it 60 to 28, but it also might be 80. Yeah,
2: uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, again, just scourge yourself. For this one. Again, I, I'm just saying, like, is it possible? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think our offensive line is going to take this game personally, um, and I think the backs are too, and, and I think there there are points to be had there. But again, this may be one of the very best rushing teams in the country, irrespective of everything they can do throwing the ball. Again, this offense is so flipping good um, that, and again, it's you... I mean, whatever the the floor is for what our run defense can be this season, you, I mean, whatever it ends up being, you you're putting it up against a team Ohio State that is going to be phenomenal running the football, and I you know, uh,
0: it's not going to be pretty. Let's so so, s- way. so speaking of floors, can you see more than one or two losses on this schedule? Yes. Okay but the likelihood I mean, of that happening can, is minimal. You can find best. them if
2: you really, I mean, circling Michigan and Michigan state is the easiest way to do it. Oh, and, right.
0: And, um, and,
1: Mar- and Maryland, that'd be the one of the one I'd throw in there. Yeah. Um, I don't think the, it's likely, but like that it's, I mean, the, the formula is that Jeff Brome, Rondell Moore, Purdue game from, what was it? Three years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That That's the formula. And if you've, if you've, I mean, if you can scheme up some ways to make Stroud uncomfortable um, and do enough damage on the other side and maybe take Henderson out of the game, like, you know, you've got a shot. Maryland could certainly pull that off. I just I think without some sort of catastrophic setback setback for Ohio State, like an injury to Stroud or Henderson or um, or. A, a, like, a, like a precipitous drop off on defense. Um, I just don't think that that's likely to be to be what happens.
2: I mean, it's funny too. take out Minnesota um, and most likely Ohio State's going to play every good defense in the conference next year. And some of those defenses could be really good. Iowa, Penn State, back-to-back weeks, those are both awesome defenses. I just, again, there's what everyone else is working with and there's what the Ohio State offense is working with. It's just not at the same level in this conference right now.
0: I I would, I was about to ask if it, you know, provides any glimmer of hope that, you know, it's the second game of a two game road trip for them, but we, no, of course not. If it was anyone else, maybe that, that could be a factor, right? I mean, Hey, they're playing maybe the two best defenses in the conference,
2: the two weeks before they play us, you'd rather have it be that than be something else. That's for sure. 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 Um, I, I don't know. Again, I'm just like I I they this team easily could have two Heisman candidates all season long. So um and and what if that's if we don't get into uh their you know their receiver. What's his name again? Um uh uh and Jingba, right, like they they have High, you know, they could have Heisman candidates at three positions and award finalists at three positions. I mean, and a good offensive line, and I, my God Almighty, Um this this team. Oh, and uh, will that be no? How many? That will that be our second to last game at Ryan Field, or am I miscounting?
0: Uh,
2: uh, I well, let's let's see.
0: Uh yeah, that's our second to last game. Second to last game in Ryan Field. Um Poss- I mean we we still don't know the uh the building schedule for the right. for the rent, for the rebuild. So Right. I I've, I've heard rumblings that that's not going to happen until after next season. So we shall see. Yeah, so, so we'll see. Um
2: we still get Illinois at Ryan Field, but I only bring that up because yeah, it's that two game stretch where you're going to have Badger Nation descending on Ryan Field and then Buckeye Nation descending on Ryan Field. So, yeah, I doubt I doubt November 5th is going to be the most fun time in the world. Let's just put it that way.
0: Well, um, we will de- we'll definitely stock up on some choice beverages for pregame, I think. Oh, yeah, we'll have a great tailgate for sure. All right, well, before we uh, drink ourselves into a a full stupor talking about this team anymore, let's go ahead and uh, shut the door on the Buckeyes for now. Uh, Head to our website, westlottpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Pirates, and email the show westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics, and look for us in the west side of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John LeCombe and Eric by I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.